1: Bob Ray joined Shopin
3: Bulldog game days at four. Howard and Jeremy welcome Marty Per on Thursday mornings at 7:30 on WGR Sports Radio 550. And there they all are right there. What's in there? Sal Capaccio's in there, Jeremy White, Shopin the Bulldog. There's Alan Davis, John and Brian Cozio, Pat Malcaro, whole crew in there. Really? And you know what? Paul
1: is the only one upstairs working. The rest of the guys are on vacation. Working on two-
0: Welcome back. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, joined by Paul Hamilton on the West Her Hotline. What's new, Paul, since yesterday?
1: Hey, guys. How are you? Okay. The Sabres didn't panic when they gave up three goals in a period. Um, that was a little bit different than the two games before that when they were – I mean, here we are. In the last three games, they've given up two four-goal periods and now two three-goal periods. But this one was different. You know, they they, uh, they got behind. They got ahead 2-0, and the first period dominated. They outshot Anaheim 19-3. to They hit two posts in a crossbar. They insisted upon passing on the three or four outnumbered situations that they had. And none of those passes worked uh, when, when they had shots there. So they had all sorts of opportunities, got the two goals. And then next thing you know, three goals by Anaheim, and now you're behind. And it's like – but it didn't get – and I didn't even sense it while it was happening – I didn't sense the uh-oh that I sensed in the other two games. And sure enough, it was, what, 35 seconds later that Peyton Krebs tied the game uh, after uh, Fowler had given Anaheim the lead. And then before the period is over, about five minutes after that, a little less than five minutes, uh, Casey Middlestat scores. And they got the lead back, and they scored five consecutive goals and wound up winning. So they lived through the adversity this time <laughs> yeah. instead of letting the adversity take them over. And it was probably good they had the adversity, you know, it's because they learned that they kind of went back to the way the season has gone this year, that, all right, adversity happens. Let's let's power through it, and let's keep trying to win this hockey game. Yeah, I I, I
3: said earlier today talking about them that they, they you, you can't really, if you're going to be in any kind of a playoff race, you can't lose a game when you're playing against a team whose goaltender is sort of so far out of it I I thought that guy just was was way over his head last night Mm -hmm. Uh, he just he just looked maybe the Sabres just are are tough to handle but he just looked overmatched so you needed to win that game like I I panicked when they got behind (laughs) I tell you that (laughs) it's like come on you can't lose this game like I'm saying and they you know righteously got right back at it and and you know run the game going away
1: well it helped too the Sabres were on their game and that I think I mean, right off the bat so he had he had pucks coming at him right away and you're right he looked shaky throughout in the second period you thought well maybe he's getting it back a little bit but nah, it, it, you know in, in the third period again uh, a lot of rebounds and but really you look at Gibson in the last two games he played he had given up 13 goals <laughs> right so uh you know now seven more that, that uh, you know, this this guy gives up. I'll call him a kid. I think he's 22, Dostal. And, uh, yeah, that's just not a good hockey team. But, you know, Buffalo has lost to some bad hockey teams lately, too. Yep. So, you know, or this year, I will say. So, uh, you know, good for them that they figured it out and didn't let it dominate them and, and came right back and got on the stick and, and played well.
0: Anaheim's already been in. Bulldog, you were at that game, I think, when Anaheim was yes. here. Yep. Man, did we, I, I assume, miss a huge opportunity with the tribute videos. Beaulieu, Grant, Kulikov.
3: <laughs>
0: Man, what a roster. <laughs> like, just thank you for your service as as Sabres, these guys. Remember Grant? Like, he just could never score.
1: Right. I'm so I, thinking Beaulieu might have gotten one when he was at Winnipeg. A tribute? I can't remember. I, I think Oh, he, maybe. Wow.
0: Maybe. Yeah. In oh. Winnipeg?
1: No, in Buffalo. Oh, okay. He came back with Winnipeg. How many was it? He over a hundred games. Winnipeg.
0: Was it over a hundred games here?
1: I'm not positive, Mike, but at it's, it's some reason that's ringing a bell. Eighty nine. They did something short for him.
0: Eighty nine. Well, if they did, if you find out that they did, eighty nine <laughs> is our our standard. Eighty nine games. <laughs> um, yeah, Anaheim's got some work to do on that on that team. How about um, Casey Middlestat? so he's had a nice run here a lengthy run ends up with the winning goal last night that snipe from the right circle in this the saber scored four goals from that circle in this game like what's middle stats value to you
1: well 16 points in 21 games lately and he's starting to shoot a little bit more that's something his whole career that you know he likes to pass the puck and overpass the puck but you know what i really loved about that goal is they overpassed all night they were they were passing on three on ones constantly somebody has to convince jack quinn that he is a good shooter because he is a has a very good shot and he doesn't want to use it he wants to pass on three on ones three on twos every single time and i'm not criticizing him about his game quite honestly if i was picking stars last night he would have been my first star i thought he had a really nice game Mm. overall he just overpassed the puck and he still got two assists you know, with with Mm -hmm. a couple of good – they just got to convince him to shoot the puck. Well, getting back to Middlestat, he used that because Dostal, Middlestat realized that on every single outnumbered, we have passed. So he's looking across the ice like he's going to pass, and it's Casey Middlestat who you would think, yeah, he probably is going to pass. And then he kind of gave a little shoulder fake, and Dostal definitely thought he was going to pass, and then he just Mm -hmm. ripped it at the net and wound up scoring I, I just thought it was a brilliant move and really Middlestat paying attention to how the game went thinking the goaltender's going to think i'm going to pass this i'm going to i'm going to give him a little i'm going to give him a little food for thought that he thinks i'm going to pass it and then shoot it and sure enough uh, that wound up being the game-winning goal, and I just thought it was brilliant on his part.
0: I'm asking about like what his value is, you know, thinking of the whole picture, like the season, because I think early on it was pretty clear, at least maybe not to everyone, but to many, that we had a we had a problem, like that. Middlestat was not Thompson, just is smashing, and that's a tough comp. But even Cousins, like what what how does Casey Middlestat fit in to this lineup? And, you know, what, about halfway through what's been played this year, it's really gone much better. Would you agree?
3: Really, yes. since Jost got in the middle between yes. him and Olsen, I yes. know that's changed now. And so, like, Middlestad's always been thought of as a center, uh, mostly anyway. Um, but I I think that, that Jost being in the middle for him and Olsen really sort of jump-started Middlestad's season, Paul.
1: But I thought Krebs meshed with him pretty well last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind him the two of them together, but because Jost went down and played with Gergensons and Oposo and did fine. I mean, uh, that's originally where he started, and then they they changed it up pretty yep. quick, and that's when Krebs went on that line. And, yeah, with Middlestad, it's it's been better. He and Olison both were just in nowhere's land, and it was just like game after game of, you know, what are they doing? And they stuck with it, and there were times where you wondered why are they sticking with this. You know, there are other guys that are sitting out. Why aren't they getting their turn? You know, because it, this just isn't working, and they Granada just insisted upon keeping going with them. Um, it's still, in my mind, I don't know if I want to say it's there yet. I, maybe I mm-hmm. haven't seen enough of it. Maybe I've seen too much of, all right, you see Middlestat show up for a little while, and then he goes away, and then you're wondering where is that player that you drafted in the first round? Uh, type of a thing so yes he definitely has improved but i'm not willing to say that he's part of the future yet he's certainly young enough to
3: still be a part of the future right i mean sure he is the question is you know really with him i feel like he's the guy he and Olafson, and you know they're different Olafson is olofsson uh, he's a couple of years older
0: yes maybe three maybe three
3: um and he's got a you know a weightier contract um and he's also producing goals, I mean, at a higher rate than middle staff. But, like, those are the two guys I think you'd get to if you're, if you're, if fans are talking about changing out something, like trying to make a trade to improve this team. Um, you know, those are the first guys you get to because they're not, you know, Paterka and Quinn are too new and they look great uh potentially right cousins is a potential captain that top line forget it you're not touching it so you kind of get to those guys and that's where like mike is asking about the value of them like i i wonder like what kind of piece are they if the sabers were inclined to try to make a trade
1: yeah um i was while you got was while you were talking i did look at a middle stats 23 olison's 27 it's interesting oh. one has nine goals and 24 assists and the other is 23 goals and nine assists so they're one point away from each other. They both played 53 games. I'm sure you all can figure out which one has the 23 goals and which one has the 24 assists. Yeah, right. um, you know, that's, that's pretty obvious. And they're both, if, if you believe in plus-minus, one middle stat's minus 13, Olsen's minus 12, which is actually an improvement from what they were earlier in the year when it, when it, when it wasn't going well. And it seemed like yeah. every time the two of them got on the ice, they got scored on. I mean they were just awful in their own zone. So um it it's coming on. I if if you know as I told you Middlestad has 16 points in 21 games, but I need more than 33 points in 53 games if I'm going to keep Casey Middlestad. I just I need more than that out of him and I don't know mm-hmm. if I can get that out of him and I, I even with the improvement that I've seen, I just don't know.
0: Well, um, to the question about trade value, you know, talking to Greg Wyshynski, he was just sort of dismissive of the idea that the Sabres should want to, you know, push yeah. at all yeah. Yeah. here at the deadline. And I feel like Middlestad, you really could go either way. I mean, he has impressed. And if they want to lay low like he's talking, Greg? Then um, you don't have a, anything to worry about. You're going into next year. He and Olafson are both signed through next year. Olafson at almost twice the money. He's not twice the, the player in terms of value, uh, the middle snap. But it's just nice to see that he's come on like this, um, and it's continuing. So good for them. Good for him.
1: I f- I think I agree. I agree with him. I I think I would let it go till the end of the year. I at least want to see it with him and his improved play till the end of the year. You can always, if if you decide he's a piece that you want to try to move, you can move him in the summertime. I don't think you necessarily, unless you get a really good offer, but I don't think you necessarily have to do it before the trade deadline. So unless I got a really good offer, I mean, I'd be open to it, but I wouldn't be pursuing it. Uh, I I think I I would like to see it right through to the end and then decide all right where do they need to improve and who do they need to improve with.
0: Comrie plays and gets the win. How does if at all, this this change what you want to do here going forward.
1: Well, it's only the third time this year that he's won two games in a row. Um you were you were in a little bit of a spot in four games where the other two goalies couldn't win. The your last win came from Comrie and and he hadn't played since, so it was like, all right, let's put him in. I think I said this yesterday, I probably would have put Lucanen in because he is still sitting on Saturday's seven-goal game where he wasn't real good coming out of break. And I don't want him sitting on that for a week as a young goaltender. Twenty, You know, I, I would rather have gotten him in. And if you, if you have it in your head that you want to get Comrie a game, fine. I would I would have put Comrie in in San Jose and let him play that game. I, I just I would have been in a hurry to get Lucan back in the net. I I just wouldn't have wanted mm-hmm. him sitting on this for a week, um, especially since he had played so well for the most part. I mean he was Rookie of the Month in January, and I just, you know, I I he's a pretty strong-minded kid I think, but he's only twenty-three, and I just. I don't know. I would have done it backwards, but I've been thinking about goalies differently than Don Granado has all year long. So it doesn't surprise me that we would do something totally different.
3: You know, speaking of Granato, Paul, we had a clip earlier today. Um, and I don't know if you you would have heard this. It was from the morning show uh, today, and I don't know if Granato has made this point in the you know the press conference setting or not. And I, I assume I only I didn't hear the question, but his response makes me think that the question was something about changing the lines up like he did uh, before the LA game. A- have you heard his explanation?
1: Uh, yeah, he had talked about it uh, when he when he did it. Why he was doing it because he he said th- they were he wanted the guys thinking. He didn't want them just on autopilot because they've played with these guys for so long and they uh-huh. know where they're going to be. He wanted them thinking about the game, and that's why he did it in practice. Didn't indicate if he was going to do it in the game or use it in the game. Okay, but that's how why he that was what he had said originally why he did it. Well. well so I I didn't hear what he said this morning. Yeah, so he
3: elaborated, he, Paul. He, he what he said today was that he wanted the guys. He changed the lines up in part because he he I think the way I well, the way I heard it, and he didn't say exactly these words, but he was anticipating them like the rust being there, and he didn't want the players getting frustrated with one another, like their line mm-hmm. mates, in other words. So I'll give them new line mates. And they can be mad at me for changing the lines while we're trying to find our game and get back up to speed and play like we know we can play. I'd rather, while I'm worried we're not going to be able to find our game right away coming out of the break, I'd rather have them be frustrated that I change the lines than frustrated with one another. And then once we find our game, I'll go back to the lines. And I don't know how many hockey coaches think that way. I just know I don't think I've ever heard one, certainly in Buffalo, explain changing
1: lines in quite that way. That's why I like him. He's different. And he's not afraid to try things. And that's another thing I like about him. And as I told you yesterday, I thought he, took, he kept the lines too, too long. Uh, it was obvious it wasn't going to work, but I like the fact that he changed it. I like the fact that he made Tage Thompson a center. I mean, he thinks about those things. A lot of coaches are afraid to change things. It's like, I could lose my job if I change things. And he's like, whatever. I'm going to do what I think is best for the team, and and I like the fact that he's willing to do it. And uh, I think that's why he's successful as a coach, because he is w- willing to look at things.
0: I, I'm sure the answer is yes. Did you catch uh, the Masked Singer last night when Dick Van Dyke appeared and sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> and danced to it at age 97?
1: I was watching an Iowa State basketball game, so no, I missed that.
0: They didn't cut in?
1: <laughs>
0: Come on! Did you, you, you hear the part where I said he's ninety-seven years old? How do you not cut into Iowa State basketball for this? <laughs> they should have cut into everything. Everybody, stop! Hat tip Fox. You got it. We're just gonna sh- we're just gonna show it because it's that good.
1: Is it embarrassing if I say I've never seen that show before?
0: No, it's no. actually embarrassing if you said you watch it all the time, in my opinion, but
1: <laughs> yep, it, it would be
0: embarrassing <laughs> yeah. if you said, like, I don't know who Dick Van Dyke is. That would that be embarrassing. That would be really no.
1: embarrassing, yes. I, yes. I, I've never watched Seinfeld, but I know who Seinfeld is, and I, I have seen Dick Van Dyke. I, I
0: could imagine you having watched the Dick Van Dyke show.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen reruns of that. I mean, uh, that, that's been on, so yes, I've I've seen that. Reruns. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, okay. You
3: you you you, you okay. and Howard went to live studio tapings of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Who are you kidding, Paul? With uh,
0: oh,
1: Howard. Howard spoke uh, at my sixth Rose, grade class.
0: Rose Marie. What's the guy's name? Mary, Mary Tyler, Tyler Moore, Moore. Rose Marie and what's it's like is five? Buddy
1: somebody, le- Buddy Epson? No, it's no. like
0: five letters, nine letters, or ten letters. What is that is guy's Buddy? name? What is, Mary, Mary Weather is wrong. What is the guy's name? Oh, I'm gonna get it.
3: I, th- three <laughs> minutes ago,
0: I decided it was a good time to restart my computer. So, uh, <laughs> oh,
3: well done, yeah.
0: I'm gonna get it. What is that? Am I gonna get it before somebody tells me?
3: I'm confusing like the. Di- I don't. I don't have the Dick Van Dyke show. I'm better at the Mary Tyler Moore show, but oh,
1: so. oh yeah, I've got it. Whenever you want, I was right with the first name.
0: Maury Amsterdam.
1: That's his name, and then on the show he was Buddy Sorrell.
0: Okay, five nine. I, I, there's still a there's still life in here five letters <laughs> maury amsterdam is the name i wanted <laughs> thanks for nothing all right paul any questions for us
1: nope i'm uh still fresh out i didn't wasn't sure wasn't anticipating being on till like a half hour ago so i did i didn't Just form any questions sp- for you
0: <laughs> well yeah we know how when we give you notice uh if spur of the moment idea so thank you for being available
1: oh anytime i, I i'm happy to do it
0: what are you doing the night
1: what am I doing tonight? I may—I uh, have a couple of friends that usually go out on Thursdays, and I usually can't because there's a Saber game. So I may meet them out uh, uh, a little bit later.
0: Okay, have fun with that.
1: All right, good yes, deal, so Paul. Thank you, mm-hmm.
3: Paul Hamilton, on our Western Hotline. Uh, and that uh, appearance, as always, is brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this.
0: Mary Tyler Moore show. Is, is, is it still funny? You think it's, it'd still be funny? I do. I think it yes. would still be funny to watch now. Yes. Hilarious. Like every character is hilarious on that show. 100%. You have a favorite?
3: Um, I mean, Gavin McCloud is. Awesome.
0: Murray? Murray. Murray yeah. Slaughter?
3: Yeah. I got to go Ted Baxter.
0: Everybody's great. I got to go Ted Baxter on that one. Just got to do it. People are listening.
1: Maybe. That they are. That, I'm they not hope. sure
0: about that, actually. I, 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 <laughs> Nobody with there for me on Maury Amsterdam. I had to do the work. But that's how it should be. That's fine. That is fine. How's Tiger doing? Do you know? Is he done? Uh, he wouldn't no, be done I'm yet. No, I'm still
3: watching. He's, he's, uh, he's one under. He's been one under, and, and he's been scrambling. I, I think he's still one under. I should make sure. Um, I don't have the scores up right now. Uh, but his, his group has been kind of scrambling. They've been... Oh, let's see. Rory's two under... I think JT is one under, and I think Tyler still is, Okay, but i got to make sure. He
0: birdied the first hole. They all did. Yeah. All three of them birdied the first hole at Riviera today. So that'll be fun to watch over the weekend. We just mentioned it, I think. Talked to Greg Wasinski today. More on the Sabres with him, what they should do with the deadline, Darlene's uh, ascension this year, and the state of hockey. Some interesting stuff, as always, with Greg. He's very easy to talk to. And I um, hope you enjoy it. Mike Show and the Bulldog. That is next on
2: WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.